This is Ron Moss from the heart. It's been almost three months since my uh, triple bypass uh, open heart surgery. And it's been a journey. And I contemplated on how I wanted to tell my story in the hopes that it would help others uh, as you go throughout uh, this life and how short it can be and how short it's been for others. I'm sure that you and I know people in our family, uh, know people who are our friends, and know people that we heard about who have passed on for various reasons. And I'm sure that in your lifetime, uh, you've had to probably say to yourself, or say to others, they left too soon. There are some instances where we can't control what happens to us. Uh, I don't care what you do. There are certain things that you can't control. But what you can control or what you can control from a percentage standpoint then you should try to do that. That That's my story. My story is I should have never been in a situation where I should have been, I had to end up being on a, on the table, on an operation table, having triple heart bypass surgery. But when I look back, I can almost see how Towards the end, it started to happen. And for men, we tend to let work or think work or the physical ability to work will help us overcome or at least take us away, mind, mindfully take us away from what could really be going on from the inside. And, and that's what really happened to me. You know, I have always been a workaholic. I, I actually bragged about how my, my grandfather was a, was a workaholic, how my father worked all the time, and how uh, my aunts, my uncles worked all the time. And, and that's the, the world I saw, you know, the world I was raised in. So, of course, it, it made me, because I admired all the those folk, and I wanted to emulate them, and so I became a workaholic. Now, what happens when you do become a workaholic, there are going to be people who are around you who will suffer, because if you're always working, you're not going to have any kind of time for the people who are important to you. You know, because in your mind, you know, I'm providing this, I'm providing that, I'm providing this, I'm providing the roof over the head, I'm providing the opportunity for that other individual or individuals to live a better life, not knowing that your physical self, that you being available to those people that love you means more than money. But see, when you are raised 
in that environment where money pays the bills. And none of us want to live paycheck to paycheck. So you go out there and particularly if you have the ability to make money, you go out there and make all the money that you can make as long as you can, not knowing that there's several prices to pay. One could be losing those same people that love you. Another could be alienating yourself against family and friends. And another can be your own physical body wearing down too soon. I remember, you know, uh, probably in my freshman year of college, uh, or actually as my senior year of high school, one of the very few times I went to the doctor because my knees were hurting. And I remember the doctor telling me that there was something in my knee that because I had started playing sports so early, that that pain was going to be there for the rest of my life. And for the most part, it, it was. And thank God, as I got older and as I got more non-athletic, I guess, the pain uh, started to somewhat go away. Um, but I remembered hearing at an early age that because I started playing a sport so early, that it was already tearing my body down. And so here it is when I look back, and it was March the 30th at one of my jobs when I got sick. I had uh, been cleaning up a canteen area. For you all who don't know, I've had my own janitorial business for eight years. I'm cleaning a um, canteen and all of a sudden, I can't catch a breath. I notice that my arms are hurting, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm not getting any blood through my veins. That was the, that was the feeling. That was the pain. Uh, I'm, I sit down, and it's the most uncomfortable sit down I ever had in my life because I still couldn't catch a breath. I'm a proud individual, so in my mind, I didn't want anybody to see me this way. And the canteen is getting ready to open in about five minutes. And so I rush into the supply closet to kind of hide to and try to heal myself. And so I'm in there and I'm I'm moving to different one side to the other and I'm trying to catch a breath. And I'm and I'm and it's I know it's to me it's it seemed like minutes are going by and actually seconds are going by. And, and then I get to this place where I realize that, and I remember saying it in the closet, you know, this is how I'm going to die. And, and I remember, you know, hearing that, you know, the, the people who have died, family members who have died will come back and, and, and get you. And so my twin brother died in, in 1997 and my Mother died in 1988, so I'm waiting on them to to show up and and to get me. And and as as the seconds went by, they didn't show up, and and I'm going, what what's what's wrong? That 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 that's not true, or you know. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, "Get on your knees." 
And I, I, re- I remember saying to myself, okay, he wants me to pray myself out. You know, and then there was a, in the supply closet was a yellow mop bucket. Didn't have a mop head in it. It was empty. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit said, put your head in the mop bucket. And I put my head all the way down in the mop bucket. And I caught some air. And I stayed there for hours, afraid to lift my head up. Eventually, I was able to lift up, and I was at that point breathing like this. I couldn't stop. That's, that was my way of getting air through me and out through me, you know, my, my new breathing technique for the minute. I should have called 911 at that point. But me being the proud, embarrassed person that I was, I decided that if I could make it to my car and if I could drive home, if I could get to the house, I could be okay. I remember driving and I I was working in Greer and so almost an hour drive. I remember driving home and and, and and kind of dozing off and, you know, still breathing the same way. I get home and it's, it's about 2.30 in the morning and, and I go in and I, I'm trying to lay on the floor and try to position myself to try to see if I can breathe better. And I couldn't. I remember waking up my wife and, and telling her to come in the living room if, and watch me sleep because I might not wake up. And she was trying to convince me to go to the emergency room and I said no. You know, I just kept thinking I could heal myself or eventually this would go away. Eventually she talked me into going to uh, urgent care, which is literally right across the street from the main AMED hospital here in Anderson. And I remember uh, deciding to go. It opened at 9 o'clock. We get there at 9, and they checked my blood pressure. And my blood pressure was 209 over 100 and something. And, and the nurse who took my blood pressure stood there for a few seconds and then said, you know, you should be having a stroke. How are you standing here? You know, you, you, something is going on here. You, you're in trouble. You're so much in trouble that we can't even let your wife take you over. I told you it was just across the street, just a walkway from where we were, because you could end up having a stroke or a heart attack and just die. And so we're going to have to get the ambulance to take you over. And when I went over... And I remember praying with the nurse and my wife, and we we prayed. And and I remember going over, and and five hours later, they told me they was going to have to admit me into a room. I asked a question, why could I get home? I I began to feel a little bit better. I felt that way, and I said, well, what if I just want to go home? Because I knew they couldn't keep me there against my will. And one of the nurses said, if we do that, then we would need to at least contact hospice care 
because you're not going to make it. That's kind of the start of this journey that I've been on since March the 30th. I'm going to tell you more about this and how, as I look back, I saw the signs or I should have recognized the signs, but I came up with different excuses not to think that it was that serious or anything happening to me. And as I think about those people who have passed on, some who could control and some who couldn't control what was happening, did they see the signs too? My attempt by telling my story is to hope that you, it will help you or you'll be able to share this information so to be able to help somebody else. I'll talk to you again real soon. If you feel like giving to Ron Moss from the heart, my cash app information is at the bottom of the text. If not, just keep listening from your heart. Oh yeah, God bless you. And may heaven smile upon you. Peace.